Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Daute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. Hi there! So in today's episode, I talked to Mariella, who is originally from Toronto in Canada, but she lives in Buenos Aires since 1997. She works there as a teacher, but originally she came to Buenos Aires to go to university, but dropped out because she thought she failed. But that was only because of a different grading system than in Canada. And she found out years later that she would have passed. Well, she still decided to stay because of her friend groups and a different lifestyle that she really liked. And we will talk about that. And we talk about cultural differences, Argentinian men or famously macho men. <laughs> and also we talk about raising children in Argentina and many other interesting things. So listen in. Here it is. Hi, Mariella. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, too. Thank you. So you are right now in Buenos Aires? That's correct. I am. And it's a bright, sunny day, as usual. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And um, how long have you been in Buenos Aires now? I've been here on and off since 1997, so a oh. really long time. Okay. And where did you move from? I originally lived in the suburbs of Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Okay. So, and now you would say you're probably already an Argentinian more than well, a Canadian? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I have, I have dual citizenship, so that's uh -huh. something that is comfortable for me. But um, culturally, I wouldn't say I'm 100% Argentine. I mean, I speak the language. Uh, I have the cultural norms down. I understand what's going on. But I don't actually participate in everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, what made you move to Argentina in the first place? Well, when I left Canada, I was um, just finishing high school. And as everyone knows, a university in North America is very expensive. Yeah. And yeah, and I was planning on studying something like literature or philosophy, something that, you know, didn't have a very clear career path ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So I thought that starting my adult life profoundly in debt and full of insecurity was a bad idea. And my my mother is actually Argentinian, and she told me okay. over and over again that the university here is is free. So I mm -hmm. I thought I would come down and try my luck at the public university in Buenos Aires. And did you speak Spanish at that time? Barely, which was a big big problem. I lasted at the university for around three to six months, something like that. Very little. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the funny thing is, though, um, I, I, was, I was actually really unaware of how the system worked down here. So, you know, with my limited in, uh, Spanish, I would tell my professors, like, please grade my exams on the concepts and not on the communication, the expression that I'm using. Uh -huh. and, um, and so I got my exams back and I would get like a four. So I thought I was failing miserably. And literally two years ago, 
I found out that a four in that university was actually a passing grade. I could have continued and I gave up. <laughs> oh no, and you didn't even know. I didn't even know because I didn't have any friends at the time. I was just sort of like fumbling in the dark trying to find my way around this huge university in a different language with completely different social customs oh. uh like yeah like people were smoking in the classrooms at that point in 1997 in the classrooms really there were there were stray dogs you know it's it was different it was very like culturally very different <laughs> oh, wow that is really different and i mean i don't know like smoking inside and stray dogs also inside Inside, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, it was a long time ago. Obviously, yeah, yeah, things yeah. have changed, yeah. But at that point in time, one aside, it was a little chaotic and uh, very different. <laughs> oh, that's crazy! And um, so when you found out two years ago, um, what did you think then? I, I, I was very frustrated because I thought I could have, I could have done it. I could have gotten my, um, my degree. And, and in the end, I didn't even try because I, you know, I gave up very quickly. And so, yeah, very disappointed. I mean, also, you are young at the time. So I was very so young. That's also probably a big point. Yeah. 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 But that must have been really frustrating. I understand. Very, very frustrating. But, you know, I went out into the world of work. I started teaching English. I became a tour guide. I found my way into the school system as, a, as an assistant. So, you know, it, it was interesting. It was productive. It, you know, I found, I found my way anyway. Yeah, yeah. When you exited university, did you stay in Buenos Aires? I stayed in Buenos Aires. I did not go back to Canada. I felt that there was nothing to go back to. I would have been on my own at the age of 17. Mm, that's young. That's Yeah, that was very young. So I stayed in Buenos Aires where my mother was. Um, I only lived with her for another six months before I moved out uh, with, a, with a friend anyway. And, um, and I've been on my own ever since here in Buenos Aires. And is your mother still in Buenos Aires or did she move? She is. She, she's been living in the city for a really long time. And actually, I moved out to the country when my children were born. Mm -hmm. And she just moved to my property a month ago. So she's living with me again after all these years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Full cycle. Full cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you first moved to Buenos Aires, um, what were the biggest differences for you? Well, in 1997, Toronto was a very small city. Mm -hmm. And Buenos Aires has always been just enormous. It's big, yeah. It's so big. So I was literally seduced by the bright lights. Like I had been to New York and I, I had th I thought that this was more impressive. You know, the nightlife here is incredible. Uh, mm -hmm. There's always something going on. There's always people on the streets. Yeah, it's famous for it. Right. You can always grab a coffee or food. There's always something happening. So that for me was was a lot of fun because I was very young and uh yeah for sure like a big party city mm -hmm. big party all the time yeah yeah and also the lifestyle is different it is it's very different you know the friend groups that I found were fantastic and I began to understand a little bit about Argentinian culture how the friend groups work here which are a little bit different um it's kind of like 
people make friends when they're in primary school, secondary school, and university. And these people mm -hmm. are their friends for life. So, yeah. yeah. So to be inserted into one of those groups was like really a privilege, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes very difficult. You know, I didn't always make the grade, but it was definitely fun exploring like the different dynamics that people, that people live here because friends become like family, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, are those friends still your friends? No. Uh, no, since I, no, <laughs> no, um, when I, when I had my first child, I was still living in the city and I had a, a really strong group of friends. Well, not that strong, obviously, because, uh, as many women experience, you know, motherhood, when you're the first one to become a mother, I was, yeah. 20, I was 27, but my friends were, were not interested in the whole family deal. Mm -hmm. So I, I grew apart from them and I moved to the country. So Yeah. yeah, but I found living in the country, there's not that much to do anymore. It's not like Buenos Aires. So having a big group of friends or two is not actually necessary at all. Did you move um, further outside of Buenos Aires in the country or like totally far away? No, it's just 60 kilometers. Like if I if I grab my car, I can be in the city in an hour. It's not that far. So Yeah, that's still pretty close. It's not that far. Yeah, but there's cows in my neighborhood, so it's definitely the country. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely country, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What are the things that you adapted? I adapted to the food here, which I love. It's, uh, you know, the raw material is just so fresh. The vegetables have excellent flavors. The fruits are also spectacular. Um, and, and I really, I had to learn to cook, obviously. And uh, I really took a lot of joy in this, uh, in being creative. Um, one thing I did not adapt to was the, the meat aspect because I'm a vegetarian. They eat a lot of meat, right? So much meat, yeah. yeah. And I know it's very good quality. I know I'm missing out. I get told all the time, but uh, that's okay. I will miss out. I will continue to, to go down my path. <laughs> I went, um, I was in Argentina for... Um, it's a long time ago. I was there for a few weeks and I was also vegetarian at that time. And people told me the same thing. Yeah. You're missing out. Yeah. yeah. Like, Why don't you eat that empanada with beef? It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure it is. Exactly. So yeah, I adapted to the food and I adapted to the weather, which I love coming from Canada, uh -huh. uh, this is, you know, luxury. Like winter here only goes down to maybe one, one two degrees mm -hmm. in the winter. Yep. And so, for example, I heat my home with a fireplace and nothing else. Oh, and is everything really nice. is just fine. And it feels really cozy yeah. with the fireplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. that sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like the winters in Toronto were very painful like harsher painful. I mean, yeah yeah lots of snow yeah yeah no i don't i don't like the snow at all i don't like the cold very much so it's funny mm -hmm. people are so different i just talked to one girl last week she is actually my first episode and she moved from germany to canada and she loves the winter oh. she loves the <laughs> snow she's so happy about the winter <laughs> To each his own. I can't stand it. Also, before I lived in Canada, I lived in Australia. I spent my childhood there. Okay. So 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was extremely hot. So going from somewhere so hot to somewhere so cold, neither were great, honestly. And Buenos Aires doesn't get too hot either. Well, we had it. We had a heat wave this summer, as as the whole planet everywhere exactly, on the planet everything is changing, unfortunately. So we had two weeks of maybe thirty eight degrees nonstop, even at night. It would only yeah hot. at night it would go down to like thirty two. It was very difficult to sleep. Yes, I know. Um, I'm in Texas. Oh dear, so that's our summer. Yes, too. yes, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the heat. Yeah, nobody really likes it. Yeah, or most people don't. At least, yeah, a few people love it. But well, I, I'm not one. Of I them. actually really like the heat, but this summer, those two weeks were a challenge because yes, do you mm -hmm. probably don't have air conditioning? No, what would I have that for? I'm I'm surrounded by trees and I like the heat. So, but this summer because of the drought because the heat came accompanied by a drought no. my trees lost their leaves so all the shade that i'm used to enjoying not was not there yeah. so i was really hot really hot yeah i never thought it would happen but here we are yeah i hope this summer it's a lot better i don't know <laughs> i can't i can't i don't yeah. know <laughs> fingers yeah. crossed i know, I know. yeah it's tough <laughs> So you, you mentioned the food mm. is so much yeah. better, but you, you also don't have a lot of those uh, fast food places there. Well, Probably different ones, yeah. but not it's not overwhelming. No, no, no. Like, There's not a lot of chains happening here. Maybe you'll find some chain cafes because we, we're big on coffee culture. But then, you know, we have the regular McDonald's and a couple of native, you know, local fast food franchises. But they're not all over the place. There's a lot of independent projects happening, a lot of family places that exist. It even not even like old ones. Some are new. Um, you know, they just pop up according to what the economy is doing. Of course, that sounds so lovely. It really is because there's always somewhere new to eat, which is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, so you said you have kids and how how is it different to yeah to have kids in Argentina versus here um, if it comes to parenting? Well, I mean, it's difficult to know because I haven't left the country with my kids at all. So okay. oh, they haven't been outside? No, 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 no. Not even no, I wish. I mean, the, the economy here is just, it's prohibitive, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a miracle that I'm surviving because, oh, wow. yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, inflation and all that. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult down here. Um, but what I can see from my friend's experience experiences because I have more than one friend who has who has become a mom you know education here uh, is very expensive for me because I need my children to speak English so I've sent them to bilingual mm -hmm. schools that are private okay. and they are crazy expensive for what the minimum wage would be here for example mm -hmm. very expensive but for me it's a necessity because I can't have my kids not knowing English for personal reasons yeah. and for the, the obvious reasons you know of work etc Yep. So, and I can see that my friends who live in England, for example, have have excellent education for free, and this liberates their their pockets to take them to extracurricular activities. Yeah. So, you know, one of them is in like the Rubik's Cube competition right now, just killing it. He's doing amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I have another friend who's in Colorado in the U.S. Yeah. 
And uh, she has a similar situation. The schools there are great. So her kids learn how to ride horses and go yeah. skiing and, you know, and basically here, the, the, because of the amount of money I'm paying for their education, there's not much else going on. Yeah, you understandable. Know? We're just sort of like, but uh, at the same time, you know, they have good friends. Like I, like I mentioned, this is a part of the Argentinian cultural situation. They, they make good friends when they're very young and they remain friends for a long time. So that's something I can see happening and that's really comforting. It's very nice. How long is the school day for? It depends on the school, but basically they start at 7.30 in the morning yeah, and they finish at around 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay, it's very similar to the school where my daughter goes to. But <laughs> I wanted to say that, uh, so I also have a, um, so I have two kids and the youngest <laughs> is in daycare. Mm -hmm. And so here, it's also very expensive. You all have to pay for your own daycare. Ah. And, um, and when I see my friends in Germany who have kids, at um that are the same age as my son and they sent them to like all these like fancy daycares you know super nice montessori outside all day um i don't know sounds really really nice yeah. and it's for almost free for and almost here i have to pay so much money for so even beautiful. just a basic one yeah so sometimes Sometimes it feels a little bit unfair. It is unfair. There's so many things that are unfair. unfair. Um, but we do have free health care. That is nice. Yes. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have to mention there's like a double tier system. So you can have uh, private health care, which is favorable because when you do go to a public hospital, it is full of people. Most of the time it's collapsed. Um, and the, you know the the situation is not a hundred percent the best. What do you mean collapse? Like saturated, too many people, not enough doctors. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. That, so you know, if if you do have an emergency, and you know, if you are for whatever reason taken to a public hospital, the these are the same doctors that are working in the private healthcare system. So it's quality care. But, you know, you have to see if there's enough of them, if they can see you on time, all sorts of things like that. Yeah, I remember when I was in, in Patagonia, <laughs> I had a friend who had to go to the hospital and it seemed very, very, very basic mm. and very, very mm -hmm. old. Yeah, rudimentary, because the hospital depends on government funds, which are likely being mm -hmm. stolen by anyone from any political party at any time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no. there's a lot of corruption. Because I thought, I mean, okay, so I'm not that into Argentinian politics. Mm. And I mean, you always see like, hey, Christina Kirchner, uh, whatever, she's a woman mm -hmm. in power mm -hmm. that's already, you feel like, oh, it's so cool that you have a woman president. It is. But then if you, if you look into her situation, she has been on trial for terrible crimes, for example, supporting a bombing at a Jewish embassy. Oh, wow. Yeah. At oh, co God. Covering it up. Yeah. And she's also been on trial for stealing millions from the Argentine people. Um, she's a millionaire herself, which is funny for a socialist person to, you know, mm -hmm. run their political platform on socialism when they are a millionaire. Is, was she always a millionaire? Sure. Okay. Her and her husband. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So she's not she's not my favorite person. I see. I had no idea about all this. Well, no. I mean, a pol the political situation in any country is a very personal thing. It's always very complex. There are many layers. Really, you have to investigate quite a bit to get a good grasp of what's yeah. going on, yeah. for sure. So after all these years, it's twenty. 25, 25 years, like, yes. Yeah. That's a long yeah. time. And yeah. do you um, still sometimes have a few things where it's harder for you to comprehend, like culturally? Sure, sure. Um, I've never really adapted to the Argentinian sense of humor. There are very few comedians that I follow. Uh -huh. um, these are, you know, they're not the most popular comedians either, the ones that I like, uh, because the, their sense of humor is quite dark. It's quite sexist. It's oh. a little bit racist. And, you know, as a Canadian, this is not how I was raised. It's not PC. So, <laughs> no, it's not PC. No, it's, it's all, it's, in order to be funny, they go the opposite route of PC and they go hard. Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to get my head around. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can't. I can't really watch tv here for example because i don't like the way they communicate things um it's, but also that's that's a trend that's happening all over the world isn't it like you turn on the news and there are people screaming at each other yeah and yeah i find that unbearable it probably depends what channel you're watching right right but here it's on every channel and oh. <laughs> yeah they have they have gossip going on in the middle of the news like celebrity gossip and just ridiculous things that i i don't understand i don't participate it's probably good for the quote yeah yeah exactly okay anything else that i don't adapt to mm -hmm. um the men <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm divorced. Are you married to an Argentine? No, I was, I was, but I'm divorced okay. now. Yeah, <laughs> and it hasn't been going well ever since. I mean, you know, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Uh, you know, with online dating, once again, that's a global crisis too. No one is doing yep. well. So, are they more sexist, or or why would you say the Argentine men? Just because you mentioned the the humor is so hard, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying that they're definitely more sexist. It has to be said. Yeah, there's not a please, there's not a thank you. There's just a whole lot of you know guys thinking that they deserve things that they really don't. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a lot of testosterone. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. And yeah. and no one's interested in a in a committed relationship in any sort sort of capacity, which for me, you know, it's not comfortable. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in an open relationship at all. That's not interesting to me. Okay. Is that? But do you think it's like a. A big city thing, or is this no uh, in general? I, no, no. This is what I'm finding in the countryside as well. I mean, oh. yeah, yeah. There's a there's like culturally infidelity is almost normal, you know, and so that's something that I'm I'm not comfortable with either, right? And people mm -hmm. sort of accept it, like, well, you know, it happens. And okay, yeah. and and usually, um, for, is that the same for women, or is this more just um, male? It's, it's mostly men. It's mostly mm -hmm. men. Yeah. I mean, of course, women in this day and age are beginning to, you know, either take revenge or, or take a different stance or it, so it does, you do hear about it more often, but, um, but historically it's, it's been the men. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard from my South American friends 
about the men are like very dominant always yeah and um so i think that's very similar to argentina then. yeah yeah yes uh -huh. they, they definitely are in the ranking for like number one macho in south america it's pretty bad <laughs> okay <laughs> okay Earlier in our conversation, you said your Spanish was very little in the beginning. In the beginning. How long did it take you to learn it and feel comfortable? Um, it actually took me longer than it should have because initially I made friends with a whole bunch of expats here. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the dollar was one-to-one, -one, so there was a lot of people working here from Australia, from England, from the States, from Canada. So it, those were the people I was running around with. And... I didn't really need to speak that much Spanish outside of the supermarket or a taxi. Sure. And I could manage that. That was fine. Um, then when well, I went back to Canada for a couple of years in the middle, then when September 11th happened, I came back here. Mm -hmm. And that's when the expats started to leave. And because there, the, there was no longer a one-to-one -one convertibility on the dollar. And so I, ha I was forced to make friends with people who were local. And yeah. yeah, and, you know, get a job where everyone spoke Spanish and, and stuff like that. So that's actually, that's actually when I really, really, really took learning Spanish very seriously after 2001. Okay, so that was then quite a while. Though. Yeah, it was quite a while. I mean, I could manage in the middle, but it, it wasn't great. Everyone was like, where are you from? <laughs> uh -huh. How long after that did it take you to be really comfortable? Um, not that long, maybe a couple of years, but people kept on asking me where I'm from. That still happens because unfortunately I learned Spanish as an adult. So I have, I don't have an accent, but I have like the wrong tone, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. the musicality that I use is not exactly the same as Argentinians. So they either think I'm a terrible snob or I'm foreign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, I have the same. I'm in the U.S. for over 10 years, but you cannot, mm -hmm. you cannot uh, drop your accent. It's always there. Like, even yeah. if I want to, there's always a tiny little bit. Yeah, there's always something, yeah. something that makes someone say, wait a second, you're not from here. And it's like, oh, yeah, you have an accent. Where yeah. are you from? Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's true. Yes. And the Argentinian Spanish is also total different to the other Spanish. I mean, that it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. It's how true. you uh, learned, though, because of your mother? Because of my mom and dad. Uh, they always spoke to me in Spanish at home. Mm hmm. And I would answer in English because I wasn't I wasn't interested in learning Spanish when I was younger. I was very mm -hmm. silly, very stubborn. Um, so I, I was always able to understand basic things, you know, what limited conversation we would have at home. That was fine. I was not like in the dark or anything. But uh, like I said, I wouldn't answer in Spanish. Yeah. So when I actually had to come here and understand people who were talking really fast about things that I had no idea about and then answer them that was a challenge mm -hmm. um that will be my kids probably too <laughs> when you take them to germany no i mean um when they will grow up i mean now my daughter speaks uh, german to me oh, and we great. have a german house so oh, my fantastic. husband is also german i see so um she speaks to us in german Uh, but my son, I mean, he is two, mm -hmm. but he speaks more English than German. 
Mm, yeah. So, and I'm just like seeing uh, or comparing my family to other families with mm -hmm. a immigrating background. And right. I see like the kids there. If they speak the language of their parents, they say it, they speak with an American accent. Right, right. <laughs> or, or they don't, or they choose not to. Yeah. Yeah, that's up to them. But, you know, patients, I mean, my kids speak English, not just because of the bilingual schools, mm -hmm. um, but because I have uh, created rules, for example, that any media that is consumed must be consumed in English. So that goes for movies, for books, for music. And this really helps them to like saturate and be surrounded by English all the time. And they may not answer me in English 100% of the time, but they definitely you know, are doing far better than their companions in their progress. So that makes me proud. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. And um, what, what do you miss? What, what do I miss about Canada? Um, I miss grabbing a car and going to a lake and canoeing for, you know, and driving an hour to accomplish that. In Argentina, if you want to go to canoeing, you have to be prepared to drive four hours, 12 hours, you know, it's a mm -hmm. whole event. Whereas in Canada, nature was so accessible. It was just everywhere. Uh -huh. And and that's not the case in Argentina. It's really a privilege to be able to get out into, into real nature, right? Mm -hmm. Like untouched. Yes. <laughs> I understand that 100%. <laughs> Do you have a similar situation? To me, there is no really countryside here. It's just, everything is just flat. Sure, you have a few lakes, mm. but you don't have like lush green forests or you have just shrub. So <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> I mean, when we moved here, it was, it was nice. Sure, because it was different. But now after, even after a year, it was like, okay, we've been to all the state parks. Mm. We've seen it all. It's not even worth going again. Oh, that's so sad. Before that, we were in California, and nature was so accessible, as you said. Yeah. Like, we were right there with the redwood trees. You know, yeah. the coast was there. The coast was so beautiful. Mm. And and here is, I mean, it's just like, I think it's harder when you're used to, used to things like nature, and then you move to a different place that doesn't have it. Yeah, especially when you're talking about, like, green, intense Uh, dense foliage that's that's an addiction right there because yeah. you know yeah because going out into the desert is never going to be the same experience like, no no not even yeah I mean it's a nice experience yeah and it doesn't really bring the peace that you're looking for I feel mm -hmm. maybe is the idea like when I go to the ocean or the forest I feel peace yeah. when I go out to the desert it's maybe not so peaceful yeah and <laughs> And, but it was also funny because when we were in California and we visited Germany and went to the forest there, we're like, oh, okay, it's just another forest. And now when I visit Germany and we go to the forest in Germany, I'm like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. And I, I had no idea before I moved here that I would miss the trees so much. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy because people think you miss people or, you know, specific places in the city. And it's like, no, I miss the nature. <laughs> you, I miss that too, but not as much. It's not, not my first thing mm. that comes to mind what I'm missing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in Canada, I, I have barely any friends left because mm -hmm. it's been so long. I have a couple of people I still communicate with, and that's really nice. Uh, and then the city has changed so much. I was there in 2019 for a stopover to somewhere else, and I ran around the city for a while. And it was so changed, I didn't even recognize it. So, uh -huh. you know, I truly know that there's there's nothing to miss except for the lakes and the trees. So you wouldn't even say that that is your home anymore? No, no. And, you know, people always ask me, like, what are you thinking? Why don't you go back? Why don't you take your children to Canada and raise them there? Because Argentina is so expensive and so dangerous and the, the situation doesn't seem to be getting any better. Yeah. And so we have what's, what's called a brain drain in this country. All the smart people leave mm -hmm. and they're like, you're smart. You have a dual citizenship. Why are you still here? Yeah. You know, and part of why I don't go back is that like, yeah, I don't miss anything. Um, I do still feel Canadian because of the, the way I'm, I'm wired, basically. Mm -hmm. But um, I know that if I did go back, I would be starting from zero for sure. There's, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no foundation there. You also mean professionally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because like I've been teaching English mostly in Argentina. And, you know, unless I want to go into ESL in Canada, which is a possibility because of the immigration level, yeah. there's a lot of people arriving who need assistance. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not, um you know, unthought of. But yeah, I would be starting, of course, from a, from a very like humble place. Do you uh, teach English at the high school in Argentina or? No, I used to, but um, I sort of gave that up because it was so stressful. I mean, nothing like the stress level you would feel going to a school in the US, for example, of course. But it, for me personally, you know, I, I felt like I was being well overworked. Mm -hmm. Like I have had jobs in corporations. I've had jobs, I've had my own company. And I, I remember how hard I worked to achieve it. Mm -hmm. And working as a teacher, I worked even harder than that. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. And, and I was being paid very badly. And I had yeah. no time for my children at all. And they were quite young at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really, there was no work-life balance and yeah. the money was awful. So I decided to stop and do something else. Okay, so where are you teaching now? I mostly teach online. Um, I was teaching online before the pandemic, but then the pandemic sort of intensified it and made my life a lot easier because everyone that didn't want to do it before was suddenly, suddenly forced to do it. And this opened up a whole new audience for me you know like so many new people so many new students were coming to me and it was easier because I didn't have to travel anywhere I just stay at my house and have one class after another yeah so that's what I do now okay that's nice because I know many um, moms here decide to become or to work in the school because mm -hmm. just of the working hours they're so so similar to the children's schedule right so they have right. time in the afternoon to take care of the kids. Well, it, I don't know if it's different here because here, for example, after work, I was correcting exams or tests. Oh yeah, I was planning planning for new classes. Um, it was a, a school that had the international baccalaureate program, where, for example, we couldn't use photocopies. Everything had to be planned 
like custom made for the class every year, you know? So there was a lot of work and time going into that. Mm -hmm. And at one point I had over a hundred students, which was insane. That is a lot. Yes. Yeah. Cause you know, that's a hundred sets of homework to correct a hundred exams to correct a hundred family interviews to have, you know, uh, so I was I was literally burnt out. Like towards the end, I got psychiatric help because uh, I couldn't I couldn't deal with it at mm-hmm. all. Well, it's good that you found something more suitable. That yeah, yeah, also something more comfortable working from home. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. much yeah. better. Are there things where you, besides the nightlife in Buenos mm-hmm. Aires, where you say that was so much better than in Canada? And the food. Unbelievable. Yeah, and the food. <laughs> food is number one. Uh, <laughs> and the wine, probably. No, and, and the wine. Oh, my God. How have I not mentioned the wine yet? Oh, my God. Yeah, the wine is great. Are you? Are, but you're not any close to Mendoza, are you? No, but I've been there. Uh-huh. And I did do a wine tasting at one of the bodegas. And it was great. Oh, I'm it was sure, fantastic. yes. Yeah. Nothing better. Sounds very lovely. Um, Sounds like a really yeah. nice uh, way to spend the day. Right. I mean, and you can do it like as a weekend getaway. It's it's 12 hours away in the car, but if you take a plane, you can do it like as a weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. So that's nice yeah. too. Um, but I would say uh, the difference that I felt here is that when you walk down the street in Buenos Aires, you don't feel alone. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's a weird thing to say, I know, but like people make eye contact and maybe even comment things to you in passing or like if you're standing in a lineup they might make conversation with you or you know and there's always people on the street you never feel like goodness you know I'm, it's just me and in Canada that was a feeling that I got a lot not just because I was in the suburbs and uh, in the suburbs very frequently you're the only person around and it's frightening uh-huh. everything seems like a ghost town but then in the city People just don't interact. They don't even look at each other. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel very lonely. Okay, I don't like that. Canadians have um, such a different reputation. You know, that they're so friendly and so nice. They are, but they also have what would be called like an extreme respect for personal space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, and I understand that that's what it is. Like they're not making eye, to- eye contact because they don't want to invade your personal space and everyone is always four meters apart. And, and I understand that that's a sign of respect. I totally do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, you know, Argentinians are on the opposite end of the spectrum. There's no personal space. So you're standing at a bus stop and you're, you have three people like right here, you know, and uh-huh. uh, people you've just met will speak to you 10 centimeters away from your face. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I, like I just got used to it. And you also dance together with strangers on the street. Well, th- that's never happened to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> But But when I visited, I noticed that they just dance salsa on the street all the time. And whoever was dancing with, like anybody was dancing with anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if there's music happening, then it's very likely that someone will get up and dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Why not? We have nothing to lose. (laughs) Yeah. I personally wanted to go Mm -hmm. back to Argentina When I visited in 2011, I didn't have a good time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why? I arrived in Buenos Aires and it was 
one of the cities where I always wanted to visit. I was so excited to finally arrive in um, in Buenos Aires. I took the bus from Bariloche ah. to Retiro. Yeah. And I just arrived and I got mugged. <gasps> and, er oh, and, and they awesome. stole my whole backpack. With all your passport and everything? No, I had two backpacks. So they stole like my small backpack. Uh-huh. And um, so I had my laptop in it. I had my... Mm -hmm my fancy camera in it with yeah. all the pictures that I just took. Oh, I'm so sorry. You That's know, and then terrible. I had my whatever, some like my favorite, my favorite shoes and all this. Yeah. So yeah. I, it kind of ruined my whole trip then. I would say definitely that is a, a very negative experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm so and sorry. It, and, and it was just so stupid because they sprayed me with mayonnaise. Oh, have you heard? <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. where you're panicking. Yeah, so they did that mayonnaise yeah. trick on me. But whatever, I'm like covered in mayonnaise, and I just like try try to like wipe it off because I don't want to look stupid and run around with mayonnaise. Yeah, of course. And then whatever, when I'm like taking care of my dirty clothes, they just took my stuff. They took your stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it, that's a valuable lesson. It's better to run around covered in mayonnaise than to clean yourself yeah, for up. sure. So I still yeah. kind of want to give it a second chance because I, I, I think the city is just lovely. The architecture, what's going on there. Yeah. You know, it's exciting. It's really nice, but I just was mentally not really happy at that time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can imagine. I'm so sorry. That just ruins everything, of course. Yeah, yeah so um, hopefully sometime I will go back. But I don't really know if it's a good place to visit with small children or if you want to. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Yeah, I mean... It's, I don't, I don't, well, I can't speak from personal experience because like I've, I've been here for almost 30 years and I've never been mugged. Good. I don't know how that's <laughs> happened. Yeah. It's incredible. So, you know, good for me. But, uh, and I, and of course I, I run around with my kids all the time. I take them to the city um, and there's no problem. I've never felt like I was in danger or anything like that. You know, you just keep a good eye on them and yeah. it's fine. So yeah. yeah, if I were you, I'd try again. <laughs> I think Probably. I was just an easy target because I'm like fairly small and I was wearing like a bright yellow jacket mm -hmm. and I have blonde hair. And you had a huge backpack. So yeah. I was like, oh, she is yeah. our target. Don't use a backpack when you come this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. All right. Um, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to meet you. Yes, so that was my conversation with Mariella and I found it really interesting that after almost 30 years Mariella still doesn't 100% feel like an Argentinian. So maybe as an expat that is something that is hard to achieve. But I mean achieving is the wrong word. Um, so I wonder if there are expats that at some point feel fully adopted and the other thing that I wanted to mention is um, that if you have listened to the second episode with Nadina from Argentina who moved to the US I thought that it was really amusing that both mentioned that they don't get the humor just the other way around so that must be something I will look into that And if you know someone in Argentina who wants or needs to learn English, you can reach out to Mariella 
for online English classes. Her email is mariellaoreskovic at gmail.com, but I will put that in the show notes. And I will also put this on our Instagram site, Worlds Collide Pod, just one word. Or you can email me and I'm happy to forward you. My email is worldscollide123pod at gmail.com. And there's also a website now where you can listen to all the episodes and find all the contact information too. It's worldscollidepodcast.wixsite.com and I will also put this in the show notes. All right, thanks for listening. I hope I will see you next time.